Hi, and welcome to the Muslim Sex Podcast. This is Dr. Sadaf Lodi, and I would love for you to leave me a review of this podcast and also to share and like it and share it with your friends, see what they think, and let me know. I would love to shout you out on social media, and also I would love for you to follow me on Instagram at Dr. Sadaf OBGYN, as well as TikTok. I also have started a YouTube channel at Dr. Sadaf Intimacy Coach. I'd love for you to follow me on all of those channels. And most importantly, I'd love for you to become a patient. I am now accepting telehealth patients for sexual health as well as menopause health in New York and Michigan. So if you are a woman that is looking for a doctor that understands you and can actually take the time to listen to all of your concerns, reach out to me. Reach out at drsadaf at drsadaf.com. And I would love to see you as a patient. And now for the episode. I am an American board certified OBGYN, a mom, a Muslim, and I'm talking about sex. This is the Muslim Sex Podcast. Welcome to the Muslim Sex Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sadaf Lodi, and this episode is everything you wanted to know about Tantra. And before I get into it, the first thing I want to make very clear is that I am not giving any type of medical advice. So if you're having any medical issues, please make sure you go and see your healthcare provider. And if you have any religious issues, please speak with your local religious leader. This is the Muslim Sex Podcast because I just happen to be a Muslim woman that talks about sex. So here we are today with Ms. Cordelia Gafara, and she does Tantra. So welcome, welcome. And please tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thank you. And and actually, I'm going to mention a disclaimer here too, because Tantra is one of the body wisdoms that I've studied, but I've integrated into my own, uh, I will call it a modality that I call the four mind alignment. Um, but we can talk a lot about Tantra today because I did go to Tantra school. <laughs> so um Hello, everyone. My name is Cordelia Gaffar. I call myself the ultimate joy goddess. I'm a soul medicine woman, and I help highly intelligent women to reconnect with their body wisdom. Um, I'm also uh, an eight-time best-selling author, and uh, I've won multiple awards for my Free to Be show podcast. And recently, I was given the honor of Powerhouse um, Woman of Influence. And next year in Dubai, I'll be awarded the Health Thought Leader, um, actually, of the year. So um, fantastic. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. And about Tantra, it's, it's simply a Sanskrit word, which means uh, weaving form with light, weaving light and sound with form, rather. And um, it's a mindfulness practice, I would say, where it allows you a mindfulness and spiritual practice, which allows you to be fully expressed through your five physical and spiritual senses. And it's a great complement to any um, religious or spiritual practice. So I'm also a Muslim, um, and I find it very useful as far as the breath practices go and the visualizations and meditations. Um, there's also movements that you can do um, with your partner 
and by yourself. I find that Tantra is really great, um, especially for, I, I went into Tantra personally after getting a divorce and I wanted to really lean into my sexual health and um, be more aware of that so that when I go into my next relationship, I would be more free and um, more open and connect more deeply with my partner. Hmm. So interesting. So, so what is, uh, what does a typical client come to you for? Like, what is like their complaint that they may be seeking um, help for? Well, I'll, I'll give you an example of, of one person. She actually was looking for a partner um, and she wants to create that in her life, but she's aware that people perceive her as very standoffish and not very social. Um, and so she wanted to be more feminine, I guess. And I, I, I don't like that word because, <laughs> you know, it's like, what is feminine? You know, right. there's what's, mm -hmm. yeah, that, that's what's, there's a societal thought process of what that is. I would say that being feminine is just softness with yourself, compassion, kindness, grace. And when, um, when you practice that with yourself, you show up differently. So in the case of this particular person, let's, let's just call her Kelly. Okay. Um, she is finding, you know, in the time that we've worked together this year, she now wears colors. Whereas before she didn't even realize that she was wearing navy blue and brown all the time. Mm. Um, but she's exploring with color. She smiles more. Mm. Um, she says that she has an inner smile. <laughs> um, so, and, and she gives herself more grace. So, and, and so that's one type of person that will come to me. Then there's other people that will come to me where they've had actual sexual trauma. And it's prevented them from connecting with their bodies and by extension, wanting to have sex at all. Mm -hmm. So how do you help them? Like what is, I know you said that Tantra is, um, you know, a modality that you use, but how do you, what are like the steps that you would go? Like, for example, even with that woman that, um, you know, thought that she was standoffish and wanted to be in a relationship, how do you help them get to the next step? Yeah, so I've actually created two processes. So one is called Replenish Me, and that is really foundational before you can even get to the sex part, which is the four mind alignment. And Replenish Me is about creating uh, sustainable self-nurturing practices. So again, releasing you know what is expected and accepted, right? Freeing your mind from that. And then... Um, just being in the practice of being a student of yourself. So um, one other thing that she was aware of is she wanted to lose weight, right? And just by us focusing on her being more kind to herself and being aware, I brought her attention to, you know, when you eat, do you taste your food? And she didn't even think of, you know, she's like, no, it's just like, it's lunchtime. I just grab something and put it in my mouth. You know, she's in the healthcare field. So um, not a doctor, but over a dialysis center. And so 
I said, well, what if you slow down and you actually experiment with this being a pleasure practice? Taste your food, smell your food, and chew it, you know? And just by doing, by slowing down and presencing that her body requires a connection to the food, she's actually lost 20 pounds. So you see, foundationally, it's about recognizing, right, that you require nurturing. And when you open the door to that, then pleasure is possible on all levels. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to find out what is your four mind, is it four mind process that you were talking four about? Four mind alignment, yeah. Four mind yeah. alignment, what does that mean? So I, you know, I wrote a book called Detached Love, Transforming Your Heart so that you can transform your mind. And in that book, I talk about just coming out of your mind into your heart and recognizing you have emotions. And as I, you know, I went into Tantra school after that for a couple of years And then I learned about Kundalini yoga and some other things. And what I'm noticing is we've got it upside down. There are four minds, but it begins really with what I call your lotus first. So your lotus first would be like your reproductive organs, right? And your vulva, more more broadly, people recognize it as yoni, but I don't like to use the same words that everybody else does. So I created lotus first. So that is really your primary spiritual mind and um, body wisdom. Then your stomach mind, right? So you you may be aware that the the gut flora and the vaginal flora they can um, affect each other. So when you're more connected with your lotus first, your rest and digest calms down. And you're you're able to process food better, and you know your cortisol levels are are lower and everything. And then there's the heart mind, right, which is more focused on the emotions. And then, of course, the brain mind. So those are the four minds. And when they're perfectly in alignment, you're not like thinking about something like work or. Uh, anything like that when you're with your partner, you can be completely free and uh, connected. Hmm. So that sounds really interesting. So is it sounds like um, like a full mindfulness practice, right? Yeah. In the moment and really focusing on that. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, it's a flow. Like I said, it's it's upward. From your from your lotus first through your body, and it just um, creates a full alignment. So, one of the I'll say like one of the women that I'm working with currently, um, who is overcoming sexual trauma, it's really allowing herself to acknowledge that she actually has sexual desire and um, and that it's um, something to pay attention to physiologically. Hmm. So she wasn't able to recognize that before. She just didn't see that. And because of the trauma, maybe she put it far away and then she is she giving herself permission now to experience it? 
Well, not only that, I, I mean, so there's 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 a deeper issue here because we commonly know about fight or flight, right? But there's also fawn. And fawn is when you just, you know, you're there with a partner. You may or may not want to have sex, but you do what's socially pleasing or socially acceptable and just go ahead and have sex, right? Um, and a lot of women are not aware that they're in fawn. They think that they're being strong, but it's really a, a form of suppression. And so um, in this case, she's uh, now in the awareness that she's just going along, you know, to please everyone or to please her partner, not taking the pause to say, let's slow down. Oh, I don't want to have sex today. Let's talk. Let's connect. Um, let's just hold hands or something like this. So um, that that's another, do, are you familiar with the term about fawning? Nope, not at all. You've never, okay. So this is some one of the things that I learned in Tantra school um, where we really focused on, uh, because many people don't know that they're in fawn when, um, when they're accustomed to doing what's socially acceptable. And so it's just, um, I guess most everybody I work with, come to think about it, they are, they have been in fawn for most of their lives. So it's where, like I said, if you, um, you really, really, really don't want to, um, to have sex and you really, really, really just in your, your whole body is just, um, completely frozen, but you somehow are allowing yourself to just follow whatever it is physically that your partner is directing you towards. And, um, and this is another reason why I think that, um, that this is something that happens in marriages and it happens in date rape. So, you know, usually people, they don't, they don't know, uh, how to speak up for themselves and it affects their voice. So maybe, uh, they, this is a compartmentalization that happens, you know, it's like, well, in my professional life, yes, I'm a strong woman. I can speak up for myself, but behind closed doors, I'm that little girl that was molested and I can't say anything. But because you're always in this performance uh, mode, you, you, uh, you just do that uh, behind closed doors as well. Hmm. Does that make sense? So um so just so if I understand, so fawning is almost like a way to protect yourself or from trauma that you've experienced that you are experiencing again. It's almost a disassociation. Like you're not, uh, you're separating yourself from what's going on and just so that you don't experience that trauma again, even though you physically are you're just not present. So I guess maybe is Tantra, Tantra tries to bring you back into the moment and so that you can advocate for yourself? I, I would say you could use Tantra in that way um, because of the breath work, right? So when you actually uh, sink your, so this is, this is one of the practices when you 
first are with your partner, you eye gaze, right? So you look into each other's eyes and then you sink your breath. And if you do that, you know, that that'll you don't have a choice but to be present because the other part of sinking your breath is then your heartbeats are also connected. And once, you know, you get that physical connection, the eye gazing will give you the emotional connection. There are a couple of things that can come up, right? Either it's a yes or it's a no, because the eye gazing can cause you to cry. It can cause you to laugh. It can cause you to, you know, like there's so many things that come up, but most of all, it, it helps you to bear your soul to each other. And so the possibility of, you know, fawning or freezing or any of that wouldn't even come into the picture because you, you're, you're, you're forced to really be present with that person. So it's not like you shut off the lights and let's just jump into the sheets. It's like, you know, you, we, we talked about this a little bit on, on my podcast um, when we were recording where you, you set a time to be with each other right? Because it's a mindfulness practice. It's an intentional way of connecting with your partner. And um, when you set up that time to be present, you, um, what sense would you like? Um, would you, what kind of lighting would you like? Do you want flowers? Do you want certain foods? You know, what should be available? And when you have the stage set, that you know, where everyone has put inputs, right? So it's like, what would you like? What would you like? You're already having the conversation and the rules of engagement um, that are required for you to be comfortable and and um, and for your nervous system to be at rest. So then what would you think, you know, how is it that that specific modality right? What you say about the eye gazing and sinking your breath and your heart. How do you think that helps somebody that has experienced trauma to help them move forward to get to the next step? Yeah, I would, I would say first and foremost, um, it helps with trust. Mm. Because you, you know, when you, oftentimes people don't even make eye contact in a regular day, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you walk down the street, like, think about it, like, how many people do you smile and say hello, or good morning to, and you're looking in each other's eyes, that's not a thing, we don't do that. Right. So to do that in a private setting with someone that you have selected, you know, like you, you, it's an intentional practice where you slow down, and you decide, is this person aligned with me energetically? Are they aligned with me spiritually? And you'll know that when you look into somebody's eyes. You, and, mm. and you'll know that whether, if your breath sink. A lot of times, you know, if your breath doesn't sink, then you already know that you cannot go any further. So mm. I think just the, the slowing down and the the being present, not just in your body, but with another person's body and spirit is the beauty of um, this, this tantric practice. And um, 
And, and I think that it's, um, you know, it brings to mind another thing because I think that the way we view sex, because it's interesting, like I go to these uh, like networking events and people will be like, what do you do? I'm like, I'm, in, I'm a sex coach. And they're like, I wasn't prepared for that. And, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> so they, um, it's, it's very common. I just see like they become this little child that's like, ooh, we're not supposed to talk about that. And I think that Tantra gives breath to the normalcy that we're spiritual beings in a physical body and the expression of our spirituality physically when we're deeply connected to someone that we select then um, we can find alignment, we can be free, we can be open, and we can trust, and um, and we can love. Hmm. Interesting. So, you know, you mentioned that somebody that you worked with uh, most recently had noted once that they started to connect with their breath and loving themselves and <clears throat> and really experiencing their senses, had uh, really sounded like they were practicing mindfulness and, you know, in every aspect of their life. And more specifically, you know, when they were consuming food, that they lost 20 pounds. What other results have you seen in um, clients that have come to you and seeking help? Yeah, you know, they they find out what they didn't know about themselves. Um, Mm -hmm. I would say overall, (laughs) overall, that's the the broadest thing I can say. So, um, like... She didn't know that uh, she, she didn't really like her job and mm. that she she wanted to, you know, give more indifferently. So she's also um, started her own side uh, business. Um, so people will find other passions. People will be open to um, exploring things that um, are new and exciting and tantalizing Um you know, some women, they think that they're very conservative and then they realize that they just always wanted to jump out of planes, you know, or, um, you know, sometimes they will start, um, like I said, you know, I guess there's a couple of other things that have happened, you know, they'll start communities, they'll start, they'll start businesses, they'll change jobs. Um, they'll go for clients, uh, if, you know, if they own a company, they'll go for clients that they never would have gone for before. You know, there's just like a courageousness that emerges that I've, mm. that I've noticed. Yeah. Okay. So as we wrap up our recording here, I'm just wondering, what are some pearls you think that you could leave our listeners and viewers with for somebody that may be thinking like, hey, you know what, I wouldn't mind trying this out or you know, I wonder um, they become more curious about Tantra. What would you advise them? So it's not a scary practice, first of all. You know what I mean? It's um, yeah. it's uh, definitely an opportunity to deeply connect with your soul, deeply connect with your heart, um, to um, to explore the things that you thought were taboo. Um, and just feel very, very comfortable in your body and feel very, very comfortable in your soul and um, and speak up 
for what your requirements are. I, I would say that's the the main thing is uh, you learn your requirements and you learn how to communicate those uh, very effectively and in a way that nourishes your soul deeply so that you show up as a truer version of yourself and you're free to be that. Mm. Nice. So for those individuals that, you know, are listening to this and are curious to learn more, uh, where can they find you? Um, so I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Instagram, and I I also want to offer a free gift on the ultimatejoygoddess.com website, which is a, a journal where you can become a student of yourself over a period of seven days and just um, seek your ultimate joy in everything you do every day. Hey, well, thank you. So that this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on. So, well, we are done here and it's been real and really intimate. And remember, this is not meant to be any type of religious or medical advice. So if you're having any issues, please speak with your providers. And until next time, this is the Muslim Sex Podcast. So thank you for listening to the podcast and make sure you leave us a review, share and like the podcast. And if you leave me a review, I'd love to shout you out on social media. So be sure that you share it with all your friends and thanks for listening. Thanks.